Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, Trojan fans, to another episode of Believe in USC Basketball. I am your host, Chris Penrose. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, three games into the season, and we are undefeated 3-0 and for the first time uh, since the 2006-2007 season uh, when Jordan McLaughlin and uh, Elijah Stewart were seniors. So some initial thoughts. Um, young. Young, but very talented. There's been some slow starts. In all three games, the Trojans have started off very slow. And I think it's a combination of Enfield trying to find the right pieces. Uh, we've had three different starting lineups in the first three games. Uh, the one constant with those starting lineups have been the bigs. Nick Rakosevich, uh, Big O, Onyeka, and, uh, and Isaiah Mobley. So those three have been the constants. Now the guards have kind of been all over the place. Jonah Matthews, who we all kind of thought would be the natural two-guard starter, uh, has only started one game, and that was the Portland game. Uh, other than that, Elijah Weaver has started two games. We saw Ethan Anderson, the freshman, start a game. And then we also saw Quentin Adlich, uh, the transfer from Columbia, start a game. So Enfield's really trying to figure out how this team can really get a jump start out of the gates. And he hasn't found it yet, just to be completely honest. The team has started very, very slowly. And you know they're not, they're not playing Kentucky. They're not playing Kansas. Uh, their first game was against Florida A&M. Second game was against Portland, who did not win a WCC game last year, conference game last year. And then they played a somewhat undermanned South Dakota State Jackrabbit team. So we'll review these three games. You know, I did like what I see, what what I saw from the young guys. Uh, Onyeka Okafor is an absolute monster. Um, he can just roll out of bed and get a double double. It's it. He's really fun to watch. And a couple things about him. Number one, his knack of where the ball is going to come off the rim for when he rebounds is like nothing I've ever seen. It's pretty incredible. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Taj Gibson. That's one of the things that made Taj really special in college and what's made him so successful in the NBA is he's still playing in the NBA 10 years later. It's his knack for where the ball is going to come off the rim. Uh, against Florida A&M, Onyeka uh, played 25 minutes, uh, had uh, 13 rebounds, 20 points, and he tied the record for most blocks in a game with eight blocks. That was his first game as a freshman for USC in only 25 minutes. Isaiah Mobley, I thought, gave good minutes off the bench, or excuse me, when he started. Um, the last two games, I feel like he hasn't played particularly well. But against Florida A&M, he really used his size against that team. Played 28 minutes, went 5-7 of seven from the field, 17 points, 7 rebounds. He also posted a couple blocks. Um, I've been impressed with his passing. Uh, he had a couple assists against Florida A&M, had a couple other assists uh, in a few of the other games. He has pretty good court vision for a big man. Elijah Weaver, um, you know, he's a big point guard. And the fact that he can go in there and re- rebound the ball defensively to push out onto a fast break, he showed that a little bit in the Florida A&M game, hasn't really showed it since. I'd really like to see him go crash a defensive glass and get that ball out. We know Enfield wants to run. You know he wants to push tempo, and he has the ability to push that ball up the court and give wide open easy shots 
quicken the offense. Rakosevich was sleepwalking in the first game. We'll get to him and the uh, South Dakota State game when he had a bunch of records. Uh, but he slept blocking that first game. Got in foul trouble. Only played 13 minutes. Had four points. Uh, three turnovers. He actually fouled out. Uh, and only three rebounds. Not one of Nick's best games. And I think it's going to take him a little while to get used to not being the big guy. Uh, a couple years ago, he had Chemezi. Uh, and they had a good one-two punch going. Now he's going to be starting with Onyeka and Isaiah Mobley. And so he's one of three now. And he's going to have to learn to share the spotlight a little bit with those other two bigs. Because they're very, very good. Now the guards, the guards played okay against Florida A&M. And like I kind of said, Enfield's got to figure out this rotation because he has a ton of kids that can play. Whether it's Elijah Weaver, Ethan Anderson, you know, Max Ogbonk-Polo can come off the bench and hit some threes. Jonah Matthews is a senior. Daniel Otomi had that huge exhibition game against Villanova. Uh, he got hurt in practice a few weeks ago. Hasn't quite looked the same since then. Uh, you have Quentin Adelish, who's a big sharpshooter. Uh, he's he's going to be coming off the bench, maybe starting some games. Uh, he brings a leadership component to the team. Uh, Kyle Sturdivant uh, is a point guard. You know He's kind of third on the list of point guards, but he can play, and he's young, and he's a freshman probably one of the best on-ball defenders on this team. He can get some minutes. Charles O'Bannon, he was a McDonald's All-American for Christ's sake. Like he should be able to get some minutes. There's so many good players on this team and Enfield can go so deep into the bench, but he's going to have to figure out how to really unravel the code of who to play and when to play them and in what specific moments he needs to have, you know, an Ethan Anderson who can play a two guard, he can play a point guard, he can push the ball. He's like a little bowling ball. He's strong as he goes to the rim where, you know, a Quentin Adelish is going to be a guy who's not really going to take it into the paint. He's going to hang out a little bit more on the perimeter. I'm not hating on that. I, I never took a step in the paint. I only wanted to stay outside of the three-point line. But that's something that that Coach Enfield's really going to have to figure out. And he had he has three games. So SC beat Florida A&M. Uh, pretty handily um, at the end of the day I think it was 77 to 48 was not a good first half like I said these guys started really slow it was a one-point game at halftime 24 to 23 and then SC came alive in the second half the Portland game was going to be interesting so Portland they had a rough year last year did not win a conference game Uh, they let go a couple coaches they have a couple transfers Uh, they had a transfer from Maine who was very good uh, and they gave SC a hard time. Uh, SC was up six at halftime. Uh, ended up only beating them by five in the second half um, as the final score was 76-65. to 65. Um, They gave up a lot of threes. Uh, Isaiah White, who was a transfer, went six of ten from the three-point line. He ended with 22 points. Um, you know, Against a smaller team like that, you really need to push them to try to get the ball into the paint because that's where your bigs are. That's where Onyeka is. That's where Nick is. And they're going to challenge baskets. If you're playing against smaller teams, and most of the teams, especially in the before conference, most of the teams SC is going to be playing are going to be smaller than them. So what do you have to do? You have to push them off the three-point line. you got to close out on the shooters. You want to make them drive the lane because that's where your big presence and your help is going to be. You can't be giving up wide-open threes to these little teams because that's what they want to do. 
Onyeka had a big game against Portland with 10 of 13 from the field, 20 points, 10 rebounds. Like I said, another double-double. Jonah Matthews started, struggled a little bit, uh, went 4 of 15 from the field. He did have four threes. He ended up with 12 points, three rebounds, three assists. Uh, I thought Elijah Weaver played pretty well, uh, 4 of 7 from the field. He actually hit three threes. It's great to see Elijah getting his stroke going from the perimeter. He ended with 12 points, four assists. Rokosevich played a little bit better, had 11 points, 8 rebounds. Isaiah Mobley struggled a little bit, uh, 22 minutes, had 5 points. He did have 7 rebounds, uh, went 2 of 3 from the field, a couple turnovers. Uh, Quentin Adelish got loose, 3 threes, uh, went 3 of 3 from the 3-point line. Anytime you have a guy that can come off the bench and produce like that, hit some threes, really stretch the defense, especially to get your bigs open down low. That's always going to be really important. Um, Utomi, you know, I, I, I really like this kid. And seeing him in practice, seeing him perform in the Villanova game, and to see how he's, how he's producing out there right now or lack of production from him right now, uh, it's really tough for me to watch because I like the kid a lot. I think he's going to be very important to this team down the stretch, but he just hasn't quite gotten there yet. And then some of the uh, some of the younger guys, uh, Max Ogbonpalo only got four minutes, uh, didn't really get in the box score. Kyle Sturdivant got one minute, uh, unfortunately had a turnover, uh, didn't play well defensively, got pulled out. Uh, but that Portland game, I think it was good to kind of get SC a little bit of a scare um, in a game that they should have really dominated from the get-go. And then the South Dakota State Jackrabbits coming into the Galen Center. Uh, another game that we did not think was going to be very close. SC came out slow, ended the first half uh, on a little bit of a run, uh, went into halftime up 38 to 31, and then came out really flat to start the second half. The Drack Rabbits uh, basically cut the lead to one a couple times with about 11 minutes to go. Uh, that 12-minute uh, that media timeout, Enfield really got into his guys, and I think he stirred something up inside of them. Uh, and SC came out and kind of rolled after that. I thought their defense in the second half is what really set them apart uh, from South Dakota State. They ended up winning 84-66. to uh, Haven't not talked a lot about SC's defense so far. I haven't thought it's been particularly good until the last 10 minutes of that South Dakota State game. I thought Enfield did a really good job uh, getting his guys motivated on the defensive end. They kind of went in between man and the zone a little bit. Their defensive rebounding was fantastic, and they really played well as a team uh, in order to close out that game. Uh, some big news from that South Dakota State game. Congratulations to Nick Rakosevich, Jonah Matthews, on reaching 1,000 points for their careers. That is uh, such a fantastic milestone. I'm very, very happy for those guys. You know, they're the type of guys that make you love college basketball, right? Come in as freshmen, stay all four years. Uh, they work their butts off. They've gotten better every single year, stayed within the program, very loyal to the Trojan family. Those are the guys that make college basketball what it is. And that's why we love college basketball, because of guys like Nick Rakosevich and Jonah Matthews. So congratulations to both of them. Uh, Nick had a big game. He finally woke up, 27 points. 16 rebounds, a uh, couple blocks. Uh, 
Uh, tied his career high of five steals. Uh, it was very impressive, and he played a total of 35 minutes, 8 of 14 uh, from the field goal range, 11 free throws, uh, 11 out of 17 for him from the free throw line. So congratulations to Nick. Uh, Onyeka played 27 minutes, the most minutes he's played in these three games, uh, had 12 points, eight rebounds. I uh, actually thought that South Dakota State did a pretty good job of keeping him out of the paint and boxing him out. Uh, Elijah Weaver and Quentin Adelish were the two starters uh, in the backcourt for, for this game. They both played decently well. Uh, Elijah's shot wasn't working. He only went one of six from the three-point line. Uh, I thought he handled the ball particularly well, had four assists, uh, only one turnover. Uh, he ended up with seven points. Uh, Q came on uh, kind of late in the second half, a couple threes. Uh, he ended up with six points. Isaiah Mobley, still not a great game, uh, only four points. He only took five shots with two of five from the field. Um, obviously, Jonah Matthews, uh, we talked about him. Uh, great minutes off the bench, 25 minutes, hit three threes, ended up with 14 points. Uh, I was actually really impressed with Max Ancampalo. I thought he was the best player off the bench. He went three or four from the three-point line. Um, he's a guy that, you know, if he can do what Q does, you can come off the bench, you can stretch a defense, he can hit that corner three off dribble penetration, and he's taller. He can go rebound the ball um, on the offensive and the defensive glass, and he can play pretty decent defense. So, um, 3-0. Oh. I mean, <laughs> In college basketball, a win is a win. And you can see what happened to Kentucky as they lost to Division II Evansville at home as they were ranked number one team in the country. Anything can happen on any given night in college basketball. So to be 3-0, and and you've had some, you have some ups, you've had some downs. What I like is that this young group has already felt adversity. They've already been in somewhat tight situations coming down the stretch where they've had to fend off teams uh, that honestly should not have even been in the game. So now they will take their talents on the road, first road game, against a first actually challenging opponent in the Wolfpack of the University of Nevada, Reno. Now, Nevada uh, lost their coach from last year, Eric Musselman. He's moved on to the SEC. Uh, they lost a lot of talent to the NBA uh, but they're still a good team. A familiar face will be uh, on the bench coaching the Wolfpack as Steve Alford has returned to the Mountain West Conference. If you remember, he was at New Mexico before he went to UCLA. Now he is back in the Mountain West and he is coaching uh, the Wolfpack. Uh, their top three players are all guards. Uh, Lindsey Drew, Lindsey Drew, Lindsey Drew. That is the guy that they're going to have to stop. He is playing very, very well so far this year. Um, he's, a, he's a senior. He's been in the program a long time. He's averaging about 20 points a game, uh, seven rebounds, uh, almost eight assists a game. He runs the show. And that's a guy that I think SC's going to have to throw all three guards on him. I think Elijah Weaver is going to have to start on him. I think Jordan Matthews is going to have to play with him a little bit. And I really want to see Ethan Anderson get up at him. And who knows, we'll probably see Kyle Sturdivant come out and spell those guys and try to give good pressure defensively on Lindsey Drew for a minute or two. Uh, that place is going to be rocking. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Um, and Nevada, I mean, Nevada is going to be a good team. Jazz Johnson, this guy who's been in the program a long time, he's averaging 17 points a game. 
Uh, Jalen Harris is a transfer uh, from La Tech, Louisiana Tech. Uh, he's 6'5", 195 pounds. He's gonna he he's been playing really well. Um, I think SC is gonna really have to pound the post here. What I have not seen from the Trojans so far, and I'm kind of scratching my head, is why the high-low isn't there. You have three guys that are over 6'9". You should be able to get some some high-low action, whether it's off a ball screen, whether it's a post-to-post screen. You should be able to get some high-low action. And what I mean by that is you get some action with your, with your bigs on the block. Screen, one big pops up. Gets the ball, looks to dump it down right down low. And the reason why that works, especially against a team that's smaller, is you'll force matchups. It's all about matchups. If you can get a ball screen at the top of the key, get a a little guard on a post, have that post go screen down. Other post pops up, little guys down low on the block. That's where you give it to the big up top, drop it down low, high low. That's the action I want to see a lot of against this Nevada team. And the Trojans are very capable of doing it. I think I think one of the issues as well is that two of the bigs are freshmen. And their bodies, although they look strong, they haven't been in the weight room. And if they're playing against juniors and seniors, those guys can push them around a little bit. They have to establish position. They have to get right underneath the basket, right on the block. So if those guys do ride them out, they can still catch it, and it's still, at most, a five- or six-foot jump shot. So that's what we have. Uh, hopefully the Trojans will come back from Nevada 4-0. Uh, I really like this team. And I'll just I'll, I'll close with kind of how I started. They're young, but they're talented. And I think of all the teams that Enfield has had, as much talent as there is on this team, this might be one of his most difficult coaching years because, and this might sound kind of ridiculous, he has so much talent, he needs to figure out what to do with it. What's the rotation going to be? When we're up 10 with five minutes left, who are the right guys to have in there? When so-and-so gets in foul trouble, who's the next guy to come in? How do I use my bench? How do I use my starting lineup? How do I find those matchups? Those are all things that Coach Enfield and his coaching staff are going to have to figure out and probably figure out pretty quickly here because before you know it, we're going to be into the Pac-12 conference and that's where every game really does count. So uh, USC Nevada, 8 o'clock p.m., 11 o'clock Eastern. Uh, That is on Saturday night. So we're hoping for another Trojan victory. Thank you for listening. Uh, I am your host, Chris Penrose. Uh, feel free to reach out. Questions, comments. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, cpenrose10, or on Instagram, also cpenrose10. Number number uh, if you like the show, and I hope you do, uh, please find us and subscribe. Uh, we are on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, hell, anywhere you get a podcast. Please subscribe. That's it for me. Again, I'm Chris Penrose. Thank you for listening and fight on. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.